0: Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Forrest Bryant, and we are always trying to help our listeners and our members Get to freedom and legacy through mastery of business, family, finance, and lifestyle and i 'm really excited to have a guest on today Linda miles how are you doing today linda
1: i 'm great how are you forrest
0: i 'm doing great uh, this this is going to be fun i'm i 'm having so much fun already even though it's uh, it 's pretty early in the morning but uh, uh we've been we 've been on the call probably about thirty minutes before we realize. Uh, you know, hey, we've got we've got a job to do. We're just sitting here chit-chatting and having a good time catching up, and uh, we we we've got a job to do. We have got to record a podcast. So uh, appreciate you being here, um, Linda. I've known you. Uh, we were we were talking about it earlier. It's been uh, probably fifteen plus years, I guess, maybe closer to twenty years uh, that that we first met, and uh, you are a uh, one of the premier dental consultants and coaches and have been for for decades you've just been doing this for a long time probably uh one of the most respected dental consultants and uh, i'm just uh, i'm tickled to to uh, to reconnect with you and to have you on the podcast today um, thanks for being here
1: well thank you for inviting me it's a joy
0: well great so uh so let's uh um, you know I, i'm gonna i'm going to let you give a little of your background i mean you you, you you've written books you've con- you've consulted I don't know how many dentists and and practices um, you you've, you've spoken all over the world, um, and and I know you're very passionate about uh, oral cancer and, and helping helping patients and helping doctors. So why don't you uh, add in a little a little detail to to the backstory for us?
1: Great. Thank you Forrest again for the invitation to be here. Uh, I started my career right out of high school. I was working in a dental practice as a one person office back in the day. It was like the dental assistant and the receptionist were all in one. And the dentist primarily worked alone. So that was 56 years ago. And um, I've been a dental speaker consultant for 36 years. I was helping a new dentist in Richmond, Virginia, start his practice. And um, I was a clinical assistant for 14 years traveling with my Air Force husband. And he said, Linda, you have the personality to run my business. And I said, well, that's great. I appreciate the compliment but will you show me how to do the business side? He said, I have no idea. They do not teach this in dental school. And so I thought, gee, there's a business here somewhere. So I started out helping four of his friends a half a day a month on my day off. And one of them said, you have so many good ideas that work with marketing and telephone skills and scheduling and customer service, why don't you hold a seminar and invite a lot of people? And my first response was, do you think I can talk all day? He said, yes. So I started speaking um, public seminars and then I was on the Hinman Dental meeting early in my career and at that meeting, back then practice management in the early 80s was just, you know, a thought. And so I was I was picked up by a lot of the other major meetings, and I uh, in my career of 36 years of traveling, 15 to 18 days a month, I have clients in Tasmania, I have clients in Australia, I have clients all over, and uh, about a thousand practices that I've actually personally consulted over those years, and probably I've spoken in all 50 states and on four continents, and Just had a wonderful, wonderful career helping people. And I love the fact that dentists can be more successful and professionals can be more successful. But my greatest joy was seeing each of the team members reach goals they never dreamed possible.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. And I I know uh, just from personal uh, interaction with you and having you into our, our our practice uh, when 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 I first started with uh, Dr. David White and uh, and and when you came in, you just you you have just such an amazing um, persona and your your ability to connect with the team and to inspire is just uh, um, would just really appreciate uh, all the help that that you gave us and on behalf of the dental community, I wanna I wanna thank you for everything that you've uh, done for for so many dentists and for so many. Uh, dental teams, and and, and ultimately that, that leads to better patient care. So, uh, uh, on behalf of all of us, thank you. Thank you. All right, so let's uh, let's shift into. Um, uh, wait, well, before we do that, tell us about your um, tell us about your, your 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 passion and your your cause. Now, the oral cancer. Tell tell, tell us uh, how 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 are you helping out in that area?
1: Well, thank you so much. When I was 63, I decided it was time to sell my consulting firm. And I was very fortunate that one of my female dentist clients, who always wanted to be a speaker, uh, bought the consulting business and the two-day workshops and my books and tapes. And then I still had the speaking consulting network. And 20 years ago, I decided that I was doing so much mentoring of people in my audience that wanted to be consultants, I might as well have a network. So I started SCN, Speaking Consulting Network, and grew that from 11 people year one to about 150, my final year, which was 2010. And I sold that company in 2010 to Lois Banta, who is a dear friend and one of my mentees and board members. She's done a magnificent job with SCN and that allowed me to start and spend more time with my real love, which is oral cancer cause. And I lost a sister-in-law in in 2012. My business partner, Robin Morrison, lost her brother the same year. And we decided with our 80 plus years in dentistry, my 50 and her 30, and her marketing uh, expertise that we would start a nonprofit. We're both volunteers. And all of the work that we do is volunteer. We have one paid employee, and she is a former oral cancer uh, patient and is a a fabulous survivor, 33-year-old mom diagnosed with the rarest form of cancer. And she is working and doing a magnificent job with uh, oral cancer cause. So those are my new loves. And uh, I'm also doing an online program with my personal dentist. Dr. Tanya Brown and I started Ultimate Team Mastery, and that's an online, um, 12 topics on practice management, and uh, that is available online only. So it keeps me from traveling so much, Forrest. I now travel to about five dental meetings a year to speak on behalf of oral cancer, but I now uh, travel with just family, friends, and fun.
0: (laughs) That sounds great. Well, it sounds like, Um, you, you've, you're doing what you want to do and that's, uh, that, that's what we call freedom. And so we, uh, we're, we're, we're glad to help our listeners get to that point. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, we could, and we may get into some of these things today, but, uh, you know, uh, there's a fascinating history of the dental industry that you've, you've seen from, you know, 50 years ago to today, it's, it's changed, uh, dramatically, um, practice management has changed. We talked about that a little bit before we got on the call just over the last few decades, how that's changed dramatically. And um, I'd love to know what's in your crystal ball for what you see uh, coming coming up down the road. So, um, you know, there's just a, uh, I'd like to pick your brain on, and that, I, don't you love that term? Um, <laughs> I'd like to find out uh, what, what, what your thoughts are um, about about those things, but um, you know, to make it practical, you know, also you know, just some tips that that would help our listeners. If you know, if they are a, a, a dental practice today, um, some 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 actual tips. So um, let's start off with um, you know, just how how things have changed o- over the years, and what you what you see coming up in the future. Let's start there.
1: Okay, one of the biggest changes, for us is that. The size of dental practices and the largest segment that's growing uh, is, of course, the corporate practices. And another middle-level uh, growing segment is the doctor that's buying like eight to ten practices in various locations. We see a lot of that. And um, the the sad part is that back in the 80s, 90s, and even till mid-2000s, uh, dentists, Took their team members twice a year to major dental meetings, and this is where they learn to be the best they could be in clinical and administrative. And uh, this is where dentists learn to run their business a little bit better. And the dentists are going, but they're not taking their 40, 50, 60, or 200 team members because of the cost uh, involved in doing so. So I see that as one of the biggest detriments, and a lot of people wanna know, well, is fee-for-service solo practice, is that going by the wayside? And I don't think it will ever completely go away because a lot of patients like the personalized attention. But the main reason that corporate and larger uh, practices are growing is there's two things that patients look at, the cost or the fee, and the availability of appointments for their busy lifestyle. And those are the two things that private practices typically are not as focused on. So that is the plus side of the large groups. The uh, total fee-for-service boutique Um, high quality, high patient care, those practices are still in existence and will always remain strong. I have a lot of clients that are still fee-for-service. and The good news is the fee-for-service practices have stepped up their customer service, their team development, their technology, their facility. Everything has been kept up to date and they can ask for and usually Uh, receive a higher fee for doing so. They're not into volume, they're into high quality. And I think there will always be a place for that practice. About 20% will always be the boutique, fee-for-service, one-on-one practitioner. But as far as the uh, plus side of being a fee-for-service practice and not accepting a reduced fee of up to 40 or 50%, Those doctors that I work with, and I still work with some on the, (coughs) pardon me, (coughs) on the online program, and they are working a third to 40% fewer hours per week. So talk about quality of life. They have chosen not to be part of the insurance rat race, and they're not on sheer volume, and they work a lot fewer hours, and they have a higher quality of personal lifestyle.
0: So that 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 leads to uh, a good a good question. I think can can a practice today straddle the fence? You know, I'll be, you know, you 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 just painted a beautiful picture of you got the small fee for service practice who's who's who, who's doing good, and then you've got the the huge conglomerate over here. Um, you know, a lot yeah. of guys are trying to they're trying to play in and on both fields. Can 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 a practice do that today, or do they really need to decide and, and decide where they want to be?
1: I think that there is a place for the um, hybrid. We call those the hybrid practices. And yes, uh, a lot of my clients were. Because if you live in an area where uh, 80% of the, um, the workers there are on a certain dental benefit plan and you choose not to be, you are professionally pulling the rug out from under yourself. So I have a lot of hybrid practices that are doing well. They are working a little bit harder, and they are on more of a volume. They usually have an associate or two, and uh, they're doing quite well. But I have always looked at my client base as the 20% of the dentists like your practice was that really don't need a consultant or a coach, they're the ones that hire them because they are like (laughs) Tiger Woods. They know that you never, ever, ever lose the fact that you always need somebody else looking out for the parts that you're too busy to mind. And you have staff turnover, so you constantly need this reinforcement and practice building. Uh, In my client base and in the world of dentistry, I think 20% of the dentists have always been at the top of the game. They were the first people in their classes. They probably sat down to do their first procedure in their cap and gown from school. They were always go-getters. They were go-getter little kids and they're still go-getters as professionals today. And so that 20% is doing really well. Then on the lower end, sadly, we have 20% of the professionals who are not doing well at all and who are uh, probably a month away from bankruptcy and are totally discouraged. And in the middle, we have the hybrids. We call those the Bobbers, B-O-B-B-E-R-S. They have a, a wonderful income. They have happy and productive team members. They have invested in some training and some ongoing training and they are never going to be in that top 20. They don't wanna be. They are very down to earth and they are very satisfied with their personal uh, business and therefore they're not going to try to always go to the next level. They're at the level. I have one dental practice that was always at the same level and he's the happiest dentist I think I've ever met, and I kept giving him ideas to grow, and he was totally happy where he was, and so I just had to accept the fact that he was a bobber. (laughs) (laughs) He was a happy bobber, so yeah, it's okay to be in the middle, and I think it's 20 on the top end, 20 on the low end, and about 60% in the middle.
0: Okay, and you know that uh you know we work with so many physicians and small business owners as well, and you know i think I think what you just described is uh works across uh, any any business so you know you've got some people that are just gonna that are gonna you know keep their foot on the gas and they're gonna do great no matter what and they're gonna figure out a way to make it happen and you got some that are just gonna struggle and then you got a lot that they're they're just gonna be in the middle and just just gonna be Mm -hmm. uh, so you know i i think it's good for for listeners to ask yourself a tough question and try to figure out are you a bobber that's that that's not like a (laughs) book we should write together (laughs) are you a bobber yeah, bobbers
1: um, so, are doing well. They're not ever going to be to set the world on fire, but they're happy.
0: Yeah, well, that's and that's uh, ultimately in the end that that's one of the most important things is to making sure that you're, you you are happy and you know what makes you happy and um you know you, you you can't take the money with you for sure. So um so we've talked about kind of the current uh, atmosphere where we are with with dental, but you know take out the crystal ball and, 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 and wipe the dust off of it. What, you know, what, what do do you see coming up down the road?
1: What do I see coming up the road? I'm very excited about it. My only regret is that at age 74, I probably won't be here in 30 years to see how it fares out. But you never
0: know don't count yourself out
1: (laughs) I met a little lady the other day one of my fun jobs uh, through our church is taking little old ladies who are in independent apartments to their doctor appointments and to visit friends so I actually met a 107 year old little lady who is sharp as a tack she's my new goal Anyway, you can uh, as far as what I see coming down the pike is that the medical and the dental world are coming together. Uh, oral cancer is on the rise. Uh, we've had about a 64% increase in the 20 to 40-year-olds with oral cancer due a large part to HPV. And so now the medical uh, facilities and the medical people are realizing that dentists are the only true physicians of the mouth. And the hygienists are part of that, of course, uh, preventive care and looking for things that shouldn't be there. And so I'm really, really excited about AOSH, which is the American Association of Oral Systemic Health, where medical doctors and nutritionists and chiropractors and the whole medical dental world comes together And I'm actually going to be at that conference uh, in the middle of September in Salt Lake City. And uh, so I see this as a step toward the blending of the professionals, which is a good thing. And uh, I see one of the biggest things coming down the pike is the fact that when when a person has been diagnosed with oral cancer, head and neck cancer, The first step of medical treatment is having a dental clearance, and unfortunately, as my sister-in-law had to wait six weeks and go to a a different city because her town of Lynchburg, Virginia, they didn't do medical clearances for cancer patients, so dental oncology is coming down the pike. And I think that that's going to be one of the biggest pluses for dentists to learn how to take care of cancer patients. We're not talking about head and neck only, all cancer patients must have dental clearances. So I'm encouraging all the dentists I meet to especially those who are near a cancer center, get to know the radiologist, the oncologist, the uh, head and and neck, uh, ear, nose and throat uh, physicians, and build a relationship and become the go to <clears throat> pardon me become the go to dentist in your neighborhood for the physicians who need to refer patients
0: yeah that that's that 's a great one, and I know when I was practicing we saw that a lot and uh, I agree with you that you 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 could position yourself to be that that go to person mm-hmm. um, to to work uh, I know a lot of times those patients uh, they they get over to the oral surgeon and the oral surgeon takes care of them from a surgical standpoint, but a lot of times they need a lot of care after that. And and uh, being being that compassionate person that can take care of them uh, would be a, would be a great way to uh, to position yourself. So that's that's a great tip. What do you see happening with uh, with insurance and and corporate and um do you, uh, we kind of hit that a little bit, but do you mm-hmm. see uh what what do you see coming up down the road? Do you think they're just going to get bigger and bigger in the fee-for-service is going to get smaller and smaller? And what about the hybrid models? What, do you, what what What's going to happen 10, 20 years down the road?
1: Well, I foresee, and nobody really knows for sure, but I foresee the insurance companies becoming stronger until the ADA or whatever uh, governing body takes a stand on it. But if you have an overhead of 60%, which is considered overhead standard, and you are taking... Uh, off the top. Uh, In some practices that are on Medicaid, they're taking 60% off the top and they have an 80% overhead. How in the world can you continue to survive if you're not only doing all the dentistry for free, but you're taking 20% out of your wallet to do it free? And while I'm a very compassionate person, I'm also a businesswoman and I know that those numbers do not add up i had a practice uh, a young dentist who was struggling and um, this dentist had been in the navy and he felt very committed to take care of the navy personnel and their dependents and uh, when i explained that the overhead was 84 percent and they were writing off uh, you know 60 percent. And I said, I know you're committed, but we have to get your productivity up because when collections go up, overhead percentages decline and you can't keep your foot in a glue bucket and expect to move forward in any business. So I, I really do hope that, and I know one of the reasons people go to corporate and, and start these uh, hybrid group practices is that they can negotiate a better fee with the insurance company. And I really don't think that's fair to the other practitioners. And I know that also they can buy supplies and get a better rate, which makes sense. Everybody wants the big practices as their client or customer. But I don't think that it's fair to the solo or two or three doctor practice to be able to negotiate such a better fee. And uh, I know for a fact that you cannot go to an employer near you that has a thousand employees and say, if you'll send all your employees to me, we'll do their their care at a reduced rate. That's called fraud. And so I look at all of that negotiation as a form of fraud toward the solo or the two or three doctor practice. Mm,
0: Good point. you know, and you, when you're, when you're, when you're losing money on every procedure, you know, a lot of dentists, they just put their head down and they say, oh, we'll, we'll make it up on volume, but it doesn't work that way, does it? They just, you get, well, you, you go into and a, you go, you go into burn. a worse place even faster. So, uh, yeah,
1: you burn out and you burn out good team members that way.
0: So, uh, uh, you know, building off of that, I would say, um, if you're out there, you got to know your numbers, whatever business you're in. If it's dentistry or if it's medicine or, or if you own a small business, you got to know what your numbers are. You got to know what your, your, your profit margins are. And if you're doing uh, unprofitable procedures, you need to just this almost ties back into you know, your personal personal development and getting things done. Um, need we take the take the same. Direction with what we're doing personally, we try to get rid of the tasks that aren't profitable and and do higher level things personally, and that also goes into your your business life, and it also goes into your business. So um, need to need to that's how you ratchet up the profitability and, and getting things done is by stop doing things that are losing losing money. Um, so let's see, I, Linda, we're, we're we're doing great here. Um, Give us a few tips. Give us a few pearls. If somebody's out there and they've got a, a, a whatever business, if they're a physician, a dentist, uh, you know, what is what is what are some pearls that you could you could drop here that uh, that that would help somebody?
1: Well, I love what you just said, uh, Forrest, about knowing what is profitable and the value of the business owner's time. For instance, when I had a corporate office of 10 people in the home office, six consultants who were out there busy as can be, I absolutely am one of the business owners that if something needs to be done, I jump in and do it. I don't expect the people that work with me to do things that I personally haven't done or or would be willing to do in a pinch. However, if I could hire somebody at $15 an hour to do shipping and handling of books and tapes and making sure our exhibit booths were fully staffed with products, why would Linda Miles be in the floor sorting products and putting that together. I did it in the first early days, but if you can hire that done for somebody at $15 an hour, and I can be on the phone selling a consult or talking to a meeting planner about coming to speak for them, I much better use of my time. And I, I have three granddaughters, two are 26 and one is 23, and they're all business women today. And, um, I tell them, you know, if you're going to be a wealthy person one day and live the good life after age 55 or 60, you have to know where your money is going. So I beg them to keep a log of every dollar that leaves their uh their hands. Where is your money going and what percentage are you investing either in real estate or in something and uh it would be shocking and i think the biggest problem with today's world is of course the use of credit cards and uh you know i'll get a call from a niece and she'll say itlandice i got this at 25% off and i'll say great did you pay cash for- oh no I used my credit card. I always use my credit card. Well, do you pay your credit card off in full when you get the bill? Oh no, I just pay my minimum. <laughs> and so tr- it's just tr- tr- Trouble's
0: brewing now. <laughs> whatever.
1: So yeah, you've got to know the numbers mm. and you've got to hire your team members that know what your norms in every department should be uh, as far as overhead percentages. And uh, you know, good, consultants uh share this information it's i I loved when i worked with a practice to teach them to be an on-site consultant to their own practice not only the business owner but the team members and a good office manager or person in charge of running the business should know what the norms are and more importantly they should know if this percentage is off by 12 percent, what string do i pull to get it back on target And I find that one of the biggest challenges of of being a dental consultant and helping them get their systems in place is unless the business owner or the office manager watches the systems, it's very easy to stop doing all the systems. Let's take accounts receivable management for one of the biggies in every business. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have accounts that are outstanding, There's 26 letters in the alphabet. When I worked at the front desk of a dental office and in my own company, we divided the alphabet into four parts. And every Thursday morning from 10 to 12, I made past due calls. And I find that people are happier at the end of the week than on a Monday or Tuesday. So Thursdays are good days. Fridays are even better if you're there on Friday, but making those past due calls of six letters of the alphabet and XYZ, of course, is one letter, but um, div- divvying it up and it's, for, for instance, I try to explain to the team members, I don't have time to eat, but if I don't eat, I die. So I carve out time for meals, and just like carving out time to eat, you have to or exercise. You have to carve out time to work the systems.
0: Great, great. Uh, you packed a lot of lot of good information in there, not just for uh, for for life in general, but for any business. So that's really great stuff. Okay, so um, we're gonna we got to kind of this 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 public session. We got to try to kind of. Uh, wrap it up here. So let's, uh, do you have a favorite quote or or a book you're reading or a favorite book right now? What what are you reading and what's your favorite quote?
1: Uh, my favorite quote, and I can't even tell you whose quote it is. It's on my calendar and on my desk and, and I love looking at it. It's the task before you is never greater than the power behind you. Hmm. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And uh, my my book that I'm actually reading is my life story. I've spent the last 90 days writing my story, and the hardest part for me is finding a title for my life story. And so I'm still struggling, and I've just sent all the moving parts of the book to the publisher yesterday, and I'm still trying to name my book for us. So maybe I've got you can one. Help me. How
0: about how about I'm not a bobber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm
0: not a bobber i'm not a bobber i refuse to bob oh, and uh go. i anyway. know this is a podcast and everybody out there can't see but maybe one day somebody will watch this video but uh i'm holding up a copy of dynamic dentistry by linda miles that was part, signed and I, I i'd like to i'd like to read it says to dr forrest bryant 2007 will be a great year because you are such quality oriented people linda miles 2006 oh. it was signed in 2006 so uh I appreciate that. A uh, lot of lot of good nuggets. If you, if if you're out there and you hadn't hadn't read that one, uh, get a get a copy of it. Um, Linda, what's your definition of freedom?
1: My definition of freedom is being uh, balanced in your life, and that is for the 36 years I traveled, I was not real balanced. I was on the road nonstop, and at age 55, I had back surgery, which really put the brakes on me and made me do a consultation of sorts on my own life. Mm. And I had a team of uh, 10 people in the home office and my salaries for the year that I had back surgery was 333,000. And I did the math and I realized that I'm on the road 15 to 18 days a month and 14 of those days is to have a large office and a large team of people. And the only people that visited us were the mailman and UPS. So uh, I right-sized, I don't call it downsizing. Hmm. Pardon me. I right-sized my own business and I started traveling four to five days. So that to me was life balance. And I think that we have to have an equal, uh, I think Panky does it very well, the Panky philosophy in Florida is 25% of our day should be spent in work, 25% should be uh, spiritual or inspirational reading or whatever, 25% should be play and 25% should be family. And I think a lot of people that are out of balance leave off the family and leave off the fun and play and they're all work and sometimes they don't even have time to read something other than pertaining to their business.
0: Mm, that's so good. Um, so if our listeners want to get in touch with you, um, I know we talked earlier, oralcancercause.org and ultimateteammastery.com are a couple of places. Uh, are those the best places to, uh, we'll put those in the show notes. Um, are those I, the best places to get in touch with you?
1: Those are two good websites. And my other website is asklindamiles.com. And I do a lot of personal coaching, but I do it by phone.
0: Okay. You know, that, Mm -hmm. that helps with freedom, right? It does. You can control your schedule. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, well, thank you so much for being on here, on our podcast today. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're gonna we're gonna record our members only section here in uh, in just a second. So we'll have a lot of good. We ha- we didn't even really get into marketing, and we got some other uh, special things that we're gonna we're, we're gonna talk about on on the backside there. Um, but uh, for our listeners, uh, if if you haven't uh, if you want to learn more about High Speed Alliance, uh, please check us out at highspeedalliance and ask about our upcoming dates and our upcoming upcoming meetings. And uh, this has been a pleasure. Uh, So uh, we're signing off for the High Speed Podcast. Thank you, Linda Miles, for being our guest today. Did a great job. Thank you, Forrest. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.